you know, lower, and, and that's really a class issue, and, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Good morning, happy Sunday, and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, guys. Um, We are back after a week of vacation. It was Passover, it was Easter, and it was heathen day for Stanley. So we didn't come last (laughs) Sunday, but we are here back in effect. We are live. Of course, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, Pop culture, I mean, do that all from a diverse millennial perspective. My name is Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Miss Selena Hill. And if you are watching via Facebook Live, shout out to you. You see, I've been on my little natural hair journey. Y'all see me with the baby hair slicked down. Um, So, yeah, but. I'm gonna get a washing set soon, but I just wanted. I to think I, I I like it. I like it. I think you should wear it like that more <laughs> often. <laughs> Thank you guys. Appreciate it, of course. Um, yeah. So we have a great show. Um, I'm Miss Selena Hill. That's M S Selena Hill on Instagram and Twitter. We are live in effect. Stanley, Jackie are not here. Stanley is at Broccoli Fest. He's I at think. Work- Workation. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I he's in D.C. and like I think he's just like partying and having a good time. Um, and Jackie's. I mean, that's what he well. would say about you, right? Yes, that's what he always says about me. But usually, it's true. Um, so we have a great show lined up. Before hey, wait, we did talk you just admit that, to something? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I did, I did. Um, Alyssa's here with me. Good morning, F and vote. Yes, that's, that's the message today. Yes. Uh, but I'm Alyssa Fuchs, and you can find me on uh, Facebook. I was gonna say Fuchs book. <laughs> this is that joking. works. I right. like Fuchs book. I like um, that. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com/slash Alyssa Fuchs, or on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs, or on Instagram Alyssa.Fuchs. That's I L Y S S A F U C H S. If you're nasty. Um, and, you know, I talk about all the, the political and legal things. And um, I'm happy to be back this week. Miss you guys. Don't forget the 420 holiday was last oh, weekend yeah, as well. that's true. Who was celebrating? I, I don't know anything. I don't confirm or deny <laughs> any of that thing. It's all good. Um, that, so- that's a thing? 420? What does that mean? Well, you brought it up, Alyssa. <laughs> I'm sure you know about the holiday. Um, I'll leave that right there. So, Stan, um, Alyssa and, no, Alyssa's here. Stanley and Jackie aren't. But we have two of our favorite correspondents here. We have Joshua Clennon and Tiffany Brown. And I will Woo! let them. <laughs> T- Tiffany with a good punching. <laughs> okay, Tiffany, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you do for work and why you are so dope and, that, and about that podcast. <laughs> Hi everyone. So um, I'm Tiffany Brown. You can follow me at TiffLizB. T I F F L I Z B. Um, I work for a public sector union in New York. I am the assistant political director. Oop, oop, shout out to promotion. <laughs> I gave myself that title. You got sometimes you got to take things. <laughs> That's so, true. That's true, especially as a woman. Yes. Um, and I also have a really great podcast called The Protest Bays. Um, we just launched in uh, back in February for Black History Month. And we talk about a variety of issues that as it pertains to black millennial women. So you should definitely listen to us. And shout out for Stan Lee for helping us through the podcast as well, even though he's on a work vacation right now. Slash 
partying up at Broccoli Fest. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. And Josh? So my name is Joshua Clennon. I'm a New York County committee member, uh, community Manhattan Community Board 10 board member, uh, executive director of Uptown Democratic Club. Professionally, I work in real estate. I'm a broker. I do um, property management and also uh, uh, some development, doing rehabilitation uh, for like HDFCs, affordable housing, et cetera. So you got that money. <laughs> Talking about real estate. Hey, Are you buying brunch? Maybe. We try. You buying brunch? Uh, I can't afford all that. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about the 2020 Democratic primary. We have 20 candidates. That's Guys, a lot. It's, I, I can't even name them all. Honestly, so Cardi B, she actually put up a post and she said um, she she's only been following it about six. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I agree, Cardi. But we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it because we want to know who would be the best person for voters of color. They're like really go. A lot of them are really going hard and talking about white privilege and systematic racism. And we're going to talk about that and if they're really connecting with us and our voting block. Um, we also have some news stories that we'll be going over. There's news. There's Stuff always happens. A little bit. Oh, really? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Must have been that 420 holiday. But th- I don't know anything about Are that. Are you still recovering? Um, I-, I think that's Stanley. I th- the Stanley's yeah. still recovering. That's why Stanley he's not here this week. is still recovering. Yeah, so we have a great show. Of course, if you want to let your voice be heard, please do so on our Facebook Live. We are on Facebook Live now. That's facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. Leave us a comment. We will try to read it on air. Um, you can also call us up at 212. 212- Six nine six five six five zero six nine zero three two one two six five zero six nine zero three and we also have money to give us money. <laughs> 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 April April is fundraising month, so make sure you hit that Patreon. Um, we're gonna post a link in the comments. That's patreon.com slash be heard radio, Selena. That's correct. She's giving me the thumbs up right now. So um, April is fundraising month. Uh, um, We cannot do this with no money. Obviously, we need money to put this show on the air and to keep bringing you this great content. Um, We don't get paid any money. It's really just for equipment, station fees, other stuff we have to pay for. So make sure you hit that Patreon this morning and, uh, you know, give us the bread. Cut a check. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. So we're going to go on a quick break, but don't go anywhere when we come back. We're talking all things 2020 and how we can win. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Tracy and Katie, I trusted my They never betray me. Met all these they sweeter than Sadie. When I started out, I just took what they gave me. Did all the favors, they never repay me. It worked in my favor. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I just played some of the Kanye West Sunday um, service that he's been doing by request of Josh, who said mm-hmm. that Kanye took him to church at his Coachella performance. Yep. Hold on, question. Has Kanye been redeemed or is he still canceled because Josh is up here supporting him? him because really? you know, he's always been, you know, he's always going to be one of my favorite rappers of all time. So it's like... Just shut up, Kanye. I forgive you. Like, <laughs> I'm not allowed to answer that question. <laughs> Tiffany's face is like, <laughs> Tiffany, do you that. forgive? Well, he's taking us to church. He, is. he has, yeah. I mean, like, is he not? He can't be no redeemed. Kanye don't know better. Can he be redeemed? But can he be um, redeemed? 
Can Kanye be redeemed? I think um, when it comes to black people, I'm always going to give them a lot of grace and a lot of room to grow and redeem themselves. I do think Kanye West has to be come to terms with some of the things that he said that was revolves around Trump and just be honest. And I kind of feel like a lot of black celebrities, when they reach a certain status, like they just be pushing like love and light and love everyone. And I don't think that's the reality for most black people. So mm. Mm. if people are rocking with Kanye was cool, but you know, let's, we got to be clear <laughs> where he stands on things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I well, mean, Kanye is, he's just an entertainer. I mean, I don't take anything he says seriously. And the, the fact is we need to stop looking at people like this and, and looking for them for advice or guidance or holding their opinions up on a pedestal when he's just an entertainer. Let him entertain. Live I mean, his life. I feel like that's fair, but, like, Trump was just an entertainer, quote, unquote, in some ways, and, like, now he's the crazy president. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yeah. speaking of the crazy president, lots of news out this week about the Mueller report, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fighting back and forth. You know, they finally released the Mueller report last week. We weren't on the air, so we didn't really get to talk about it too much. Um, you know, Democrats in Congress still say that they want a fully the full report, not like a redacted, partially redacted report. And the next fight that's going to escalate is whether or not um, certain people are going to comply with subpoenas to come down and testify about things that are in the report. Of course, Democrats are already talking about subpoenaing Robert Mueller himself to come down and talk about what's in the report, and um, they want to subpoena William Barr about the report and about some of the, I'll say, twists that he tried to put on the report. So I don't think this is over by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this this is, you know, what do they say, the beginning of the end, or is mm-hmm. this the end of the beginning? I'm not sure. Do you guys have some thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tiffany? Um, the Mueller report... When it came out, I wasn't surprised that it wasn't explicit in terms of saying that he, you know, he was a part of collusion. But in so many ways, I feel like Mueller was like, okay, here are all of the tools that y'all need to impeach him and get him out of office. But it's up to Congress to take that step. And in some ways, I kind of feel like because he's a president, like, do you really do you think there was going to be really any sort of criminal charges brought against like a sitting president? I think we have to like deal with that and those ramifications. But I do think he gave us, you know, the toolkit to get him or at least impeach him um, out of office. And someone said even if he doesn't, you know, get removed from office, I still think that it needs to they would say that it still needs to we still need to go through the exercise of getting him impeached so we can say that this sort of behavior for a presidential candidate and then the president is not okay in our society. Um, Josh, do you think that the president, it's time for him to be impeached based on the Mueller report? Well, they're not going to have the votes. They're not going to be able to impeach him. It's not going to go through. This, it's not going to pass through the Senate. So, I mean, it's kind of a waste of time, which is why I think like Nancy's taking the stance that she is. But I do think he should be arrested after we get him out in 2020. He should go to jail. Well, that's an interesting point because I was watching, uh, I want to say it was MSNBC at one point last week, and they were like, it really looks like when he leaves office, he could probably end up going to jail. And the way that he could save himself from that is potentially to resign and ask President uh, or who would become President Pence to pardon him, which is kind of like what Richard Nixon did. But the difference is... When Richard Nixon resigned, he resigned because he knew that they had the votes in the Senate to actually remove him. Republicans had turned on him. It was very clear that he was involved in crimes. Um, and so they, he was like, I better go and, uh, you know, get a pardon before I end up going to prison. 
I don't know if Trump would actually resign because I think his ego is too big and he doesn't think that he's done anything wrong and he thinks that everything he's done is just like the way things go, even though he sounds like a mafia boss. Like, mm -hmm. do I have your loyalty? Will you do this thing to me? Why don't you go figure out removing Mueller? I mean, there's multiple problems there, even if it falls short of... Uh, something that they were able to indict him for right now, even if they could potentially indict a sitting president, which is an open legal question where lawyers, reasonable lawyers disagree. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of Trump and his ego, he actually sat down with the uh, president, the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and apparently was mm. talking about his Twitter followers. And I think he was complaining that Obama has more followers than him. Imagine I that mean, conversation. But no, imagine <laughs> if you get a meeting with the CEO of Twitter. Are you going to talk about your followers? I mean, like, they, let's remember, Russia used Twitter to attack our democracy, to influence the election. Like, there's a big problem going on. And our president decides to talk about his followers with the CEO. Big ego, small yeah. something else. I mean, <laughs> Tiffany? I think it just goes to show you the person <laughs> that we elected into office and how much that p it's, I feel like how much people are so, I don't want to say desperate for change, but how they're so committed to like racism and bigotry that they have this person in office and he's here complaining about his Twitter followers. <laughs> I think it's pathetic. I think the fact that he is so attached to his Twitter <laughs> account was like, why did you have like an intern running your Twitter account? You can tell that he's sometimes like tweeting himself. I just uh, all think the time, I think. Yeah, that that is mm -hmm. true. I think more other than not, it is you know Trump. He needs you know, like an tweeting. intern to babysit him at this point. Exactly. So he's like a baby. These are how kids are. Like, yo, you got more followers. How'd you get all those followers, bro? Like. Why does Obama have more followers than me? Like, what? He's an entitled dude, bro. That's just like 77 years old. He's, I think he's 72. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, he's I the think, youngest president ever. He's the youngest president no, ever. Obama he's, was. he's a vibrant no, young man. Right no, he's, he's a vibrant young man. He's the youngest and healthiest president <laughs> ever. He does he, not say McDonald's he was the every day. The funniest thing, though, he was like, look at Joe. I don't know about him. <laughs> He's so old. Um, but anyway, not to be ages. Like, Sorry, God. Not, you yeah, know. not to like change gears for a little bit, but I think the, the bigger thing is like the lasting impact that the things that he's trying to do are having on our country. And one of those things is the Supreme Court yep. and the fact that he was able to get his justices appointed, which we know is sort of a spinoff off the let's block Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, who, for what it's worth, was not like mm -hmm. the best person ever, but um, was at least somebody that was being nominated by a Democratic president when he had the right to nominate him and now there's these two big news stories out this week both about the supreme court mm -hmm. one of them about the citizenship question the trump organization is asking um or they want to add a question about citizenship to the census there has not been a question about citizenship on the census in i believe over 60 or 70 years most people agree that it's not necessary the constitution's clear you're supposed to count all people in the united states not just the citizens um and there's many people saying that by adding this question it will negatively impact this impact the census and therefore impact um, many things going forward in terms of redistricting, getting a true population count, um, potentially scaring off people from answering the census. And yet that's going forward. And there's a good chance that the Republican majority on the Supreme Court is going to uphold that and say that it's constitutional. At the same time, there's this other story out of the Supreme Court about LGBT rights. But, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead. So I guess I'll, I'll just preview that and we can talk about the citizenship thing and maybe loop back to the other thing. Tiffany, in regards to the citizenship question. Yes. 
Oh, I definitely think it's going to be a scary time in terms of, like, how they're going to make the decision on a citizenship question. But I already think, like, the, the damage is kind of, like, in the air. Because I think when the census goes out, like, a lot of people are going to be really scared yep. to, like, fill it out. That's true. I think it's the same thing when people, when we were talking about, like, um, how, like, undocumented folks should have the right to get um, have a driver's license. And it's, like, you already know, like, there's no... Um, there's no, I would say, uh, firm understanding, like, what's going to be done with that, that data once they have it. If I'm an undocumented person or if my um, citizenship status is questionable, I'm not going to want to have any part of giving the federal government my information, my address and things of that nature. So I do think they're already putting out in the air that, like, you know, if you fill this out, like, what could, what could that mean for someone who is undocumented? And I, like you said, I don't think it, it, it matters, and it's going to totally shift how we do politics in this country. Absolutely. Josh, quickly. Listen, no one should answer the question, whether you're a citizen or not. Nobody <laughs> That's a fair, should answer That's it. a fair response to mm-hmm. this. If they, I mean, they can't track every single person down, and, and I don't know. How do they even find out if you're a citizen or not? I mean, they can't. I mean, usually through Social Security numbers, but what we find is, without going on a complete tangent, a lot of people who are here undocumented, they have Social Security numbers. They get a Social Security number one way or the other, and they do that so that they can work in a real job, which is why so many undocumented immigrants actually pay taxes, uh, mm-hmm. because they have a Social Security number, even if it's not actually their Social Security number that was assigned to them um, by birth or by you know naturalization or by you know being a green card holder. So there's a variety of different different ways in which they could do that. Um, But I actually think your proposal is pretty interesting, which is that nobody answer the question, even if it hits the census. Mm. And I wonder what would happen if uh, all of us decided to opt out of that question as citizens. And I I don't know the answer to that. I'd have to look into it more. I'm curious if that would invalidate all of our census responses or if that would be considered a mandatory question or not. I mean, right right now, when you do the census, there's certain parts of the census that, like, you don't actually have to fill out if Mm. you don't want to. Um, You really just... Some people don't respond to the census at all which is a bad thing and you know we could go into a, a whole show about the census yeah. maybe going forward but um that, that's an interesting point i'd love to look into that further and then loop yeah back that around. is actually really interesting um before we go on break i want to give a quick shout out to don l who's watching via facebook live gregory Nee smith and delani holland thank you so much for tuning in guys um really quickly Jay-Z performed at Webster Hall Friday night. I don't know if anyone in the room had a chance to see it. You know how of I feel course. about Jay-Z. What? Hold on, hold on. Well, I know he's a Jay-Z say, hater. You are a Jay-Z hater. Whoa. So hold on. Move I, I love Jay-Z. Jay-Z. I just want him to retire and, and live his oh, best my. life as a, as a no, no, no. businessman. He just need to hang up his jersey in the rafters. He can't rap no more. I, First of all, I, I disagree with rap. that. First of all, he can't rap. Whoa. He actually had an like he, like, he had a freestyle about Nipsey Hustle gentrification and how we need to reclaim our neighborhoods. He went off from the top. That freestyle wasn't like, it though. <laughs> it was, Thank you. At least you be honest. At least you be honest. Thank you. I watched it twice. What do you mean it wasn't it? I he needs to own up to what he's done in Brooklyn when it comes to the Barclays and okay. displacing oh, black people. Eminent domain. And yeah. he talked about eminent domain. He needs to be honest about that. He needs to make amends because he did what he had to do and he bounced and he, where he's living in Calabasas or whatever. Well, he's still <laughs> investing back into the community <laughs> mentally and financially. Mentally. <laughs> Can I spend that mental investment? Shout out to Marcy. That's his mental investment. Uh, oh, wow. I mean... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, I, I think the most interesting thing about the concert is that, one, it was opening night at Webster Hall, which is a club that closed because they didn't have enough money to keep running and now mm-hmm. has reopened. And also I heard that he brought out Nas, who he historically had a beef with, uh, which mm-hmm. I think was cool to, you know, I, it would be cool and if they want to get together yeah. cool and Cameron and though. figure out how to, you know, stop the gentrification. But real quick before we go to break, I did want to mention that, that thing I was looping back around, the Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court did decide to hear a case this week about LGBT rights. It's very concerning. It's about whether or not LGBT people, um, you know, can bring lawsuits uh, as being discriminated on based on sex under Title VII. Um, And so it's a huge civil rights issue. Unfortunately, we have to go to break, so we don't have a lot of time to get into it. But as a gay person, I find it extremely concerning. And it's going to be one of those things where we have to watch this space. And we'll talk more about that um, at a future time at a future show. Yes, we will. And for now, here is that epic freestyle by (laughs) Jay-Z. At Webster Hall Friday night here Garbo. in New York City. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with my co-host, Alyssa Fuchs, and two of our trusty correspondents, Joshua Clennon, the a.k.a. Jay-Z hater. It's all good. We're going to let you rock, Josh. And... Tiffany Brown. And, and of course, yes, Stanley, Stanley just woke up and said, hi, guys. Right, from hi, Stanley. live from hey, Rockley Fest in, in D.C. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that's why I'm DJing. Like, I'm engineering, actually, because Stanley's not here, and I keep forgetting to put your mics on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but, but give us money. Yes. Patreon.com. If you guys want to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so at Patreon.com slash BeHeardRadio. So we're kicking off the main segment talking about the 2020 Democratic primary. Now, this is being celebrated for its historic racial and gender diversity. And many of the candidates are talking about systemic racism and white privilege in a very frank and honest manner in order to connect with voters of color. For example, Beto from Texas, he acknowledged that he, and I quote, clearly has advantages, end quote, as a white man. Tim Ryan of Ohio said he talked about no he said he Ooh. didn't know any black people when um rep Tim Ryan okay he's running May- I, think, I, I think he's floating the idea of doing uh, so oh, he said that he <laughs> didn't know any black people growing up at least he admitted that oh, um well, we have going for him <laughs> <laughs> well I, we'll talk about that more um mayor Pete Buttigieg recently said and I quote any white candidate needs to show a level of consciousness around issues of white privilege. Josh, Josh, what did you just say? I said, is that how you pronounce his name? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it still. It's Buttigieg. I just say Mayor Pete. It's, yeah, let's just go with Mayor Pete. Okay, <laughs> Mayor Pete. Um, also, so Elizabeth Warren, she has gone as far as to introduce a maternity bill that focuses on black mothers and the grim reality that women of color have significantly higher maternal mortality rates compared to their white counterparts. And she said, and I quote, doctors or nurses don't hear African-American women's medical issues the same way that they hear the same things from white women. She also said hospitals that can, they can bring down the number of deaths when it comes to black women dying if they don't receive a bonus. So she says she wants to hit hospitals where it hurts when it comes to their money in order to save black women's lives. She even went as far as to talk about a student loan forgiveness proposal 
that people of color are praising. Now, this proposal would tax uh, the, the fortunes of people with over $50 million in wealth to provide student debt cancellation to 42 million low-income and middle-class Americans. Of course, we know that disproportionately uh, student loan debt affects Latinx and African-American students. So again, this proposal affects us. This is for us. Right now, on top of that, we have Kamala Harris. She's been talking about the crackdown on drugs. She made a comment to the likes of, oh, people are just now talking about the opioid crisis, but what happened when all our people were dying from crack? Fact. So, you know, mm -hmm. she's, you know, mm -hmm. as she's playing that, you know. She was putting them in jail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. In California as a prosecutor. But you know what? She's saying, I guess she has evolved, and um, I guess she's just being realer. But moving on, Bernie Sanders earlier this week, he was asked a really stark question about supporting people in prison with the right to vote. And he said, yes, even the Boston bomber, even convicted rapists, anyone who is in jail deserves the right to vote while they are still in jail. Now, people like me and AOC, we applauded this because we know that a disproportionate amount of people locked up are black and brown. So, yes, give our black brothers and sisters the right to vote. But he's being criticized heavily for saying things like that so and lastly uh joe biden he is in the race he launched his campaign ad yeah, with out. a focus on charlottesville and trump's notorious response when he called white supremacists very fine people and biden also hired my girl simone d sanders as his senior advisor <laughs> Tiffany's shaking her head I know we all have thoughts, and we're going to get there. So basically, I say all of that to say that candidates, especially the white ones, they're doing whatever it takes to show that they are woke. And I want to know, are they passing the woke litmus test? Are they reaching us? And that's what this episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard is all about. So, Tiffany, you're <laughs> over there. You couldn't contain yourself. Who are they? Are they woke? What's, what's, what's your response to these candidates, their proposals and their rhetoric when it comes to people of color? All I want to say, is Simone Sanders, I hope you get in the bag, girl. <laughs> get, the uh, bag. get the bag. Get the bag. Yeah, That's the ultimate goal. The Just get the bag. Um, I think Joe Biden, I don't want to go back to yesteryear or prior to um, uh, prior to Trump. I do think you are seeing more emerging voices that we want to be more left and more progressive. And I think just saying that I can represent what Obama was trying to do, I don't think that's good enough for uh, the Dems that are kind of subscribed to the school of like AOC. Elizabeth Warren, even though, you know, side-eyed her about her whole like DNA ancestry when it comes <laughs> to being a Native American, it's like, girl, you didn't have to do that. Pocahontas. You didn't have to do that. And that is going to be a part of her campaign. That's just what it is. But she walked into that. But I do think out of all of them, she's not pandering to us because she's talking about a very real issue and a very real concern that a lot of black women who was the backbone of the Democratic Party, who typically goes out and vote and trying to save democracy. You know, we're putting America on our back. Shout out to Maxine Waters and others. Um, I do think she's talking to a very real issue. And I don't, I don't think it's pandering. I don't think it's just like, you know, simply talking about like criminal justice reform. She has like real, a real plan. And as like a policy person, I appreciate that. And like saying like, no, we're going to hit hospitals and not give them bonuses. When it comes to student loan debt, like a lot of millennials, you know, you went to college, you know, we 
are going even further than our parents. And we are settled with debt. And that is the reason why some of us are still living at home. Some of us are not able to, like, really start our careers because we're paying back, like, $700 in student loans. I know people who have over $200,000 in student loan debt, and they're making $40,000. You know, like, that, something's not right there. You know, so I think she has real policies. Um, Kamala Harris, you know, she's a black sister, so I'm always going to ride for my sisters. But I do think she's going to have to justify uh, things of the, of the past that she has done. And I also need to think we need to be honest. A lot of black people during the crack epidemic were very much, we got to do something because our people are out here wilding. And for that something was jail and wasn't necessarily health. So I think we need to be honest about the time and the context when, like, Dems and black people who say there are Dems were very much, you know, tough on crime. <laughs> That's a very good synopsis, Tiffany. Thank you so much for that. I want to throw it to Alyssa to get your reaction on, you know, these policies, proposals, and the rhetoric that they're saying to reach voters of color. Right. I mean, look, I think some of the policy proposals that we're hearing are good, and I think they're great policy proposals uh, in the way that they uh, impact and will affect people of color and just generally speaking impact people. Um, Like student loan debt, for example, is one of those issues that very well may have a very big effect on people of color, but would also help people like me um, who have a very you know big amount of student loan debt and in particular millennials uh, um, and so there's a there's an age thing going on there too but um, you know I was saying to Josh before we got on the air and you know obviously as a white person like you know I can't speak at to what a black people want from these candidates because I'm not black but my personal opinion just in terms of what I'm hearing is that I don't think any of these candidates, except for really Elizabeth Warren, has proposed anything that radical in terms of helping black people. And I think the two black candidates both have their own problems. I mean, Cory Booker has taken a huge amount of money from the pharmaceutical company. So, so if we want to talk about the opioid crisis and how it's killing people and, you know, killing people of color and, and has been for a long time, which is sort of a digression. You know, people weren't paying attention to the opioid crisis in the 70s when heroin was killing people of color. But uh, that's another show, as we say. And yet here's Cory Booker taking money from the pharmaceutical companies. That's problematic. You know, you look at uh, Kamala Harris and, you know, I I see where you're coming from. Like you as a black woman want to support a black woman. um, And I get that people can be redeemed. But she's also somebody who made a career off of putting people in jail as a prosecutor. Um, And then you look at the white candidates and they're, of course, all problematic Mm. just by virtue of the fact that they're white. Um, But then we got levels here. So, you know, (laughs) like when we when we break down those levels, I would say, you know, Bernie and 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 uh, and Elizabeth Warren are at the top in terms of best possibly situated uh, to deal with race issues, whereas, you know, Mayor Pete and and Joe Biden, maybe not so. I mean, Joe Biden was literally somebody who drafted the crime bill, um, you know, which is a bill that increased mass incarceration and put black people, uh, uh, you know, people of color in jail. And and also, you know, Anita Hill, which was another big story this week. So I I think there's a lot there. I would say for me, it boils down to either Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris. Bernie Sanders, because he's he's the only candidate, he's literally, literally in a league of his own. He's the only, you know, declared socialist in this race. Um, he's trying to do more than just, you know, BS, rhetoric, welfare programs. He's trying to actually reform the, the capitalist society that we live in that naturally generates and causes people to oppress others. So he's in a field of his own. Everyone else is a capitalist. And, I mean, people like Elizabeth Warren... Yeah, she's saying everything that we want to hear right now, but she can't win. She can't beat Trump. 2020 is going to be one in the trenches, and she's not ready to go there. Like, 
he's going to drag her all over the place. I mean, why? Just because he calls her Pocahontas? I mean, yeah. I mean, that that alone is going to win him 2020. Like, Pocahontas. Pocahontas. uh, People keep saying that she can't win. Well, you know, if we keep saying she can't win, then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fact is, if people got behind her and said, like, yeah, actually, she could win, and here's why, then I think she would get more support. She can't. Why do you think she could win? First of all, I wouldn't trust a white woman candidate in the first place because white women don't come out f- to but vote for white women. You trust a white, white man, though? No, I don't at all, really. You, so. you trust Bernie. <laughs> I trust Bernie, but he's in a field of his own. He's just ideo- you know ideologically. Does it cancel his whiteness or his maleness? Listen, he's he's a, he's a proclaimed he's Jewish. He's a proclaimed <laughs> Jewish, so technically yeah. he's a minority. I mean, that's but that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I support Bernie because I know what he's trying to do is going to be the most benefit to black people, regardless of whether he knows how to articulate it. That's his problem because Bernie, he's not one of these politicians that just can come on stage and just give you the rhetoric. He's real and he understands that. Listen, the policies, the the structure that exists now is going to continuously lead to oppression, and it's like we have black people who are now successful. And they don't they want to continue this capitalist system because they want to oppress other black people. Well, we know you support Bernie. That 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 actually was leading to my next question. Tiffany, which candidate most resonates with you at this point in the election? Uh, The candidate most resonates with me, honestly, is Warren. And it's because her talking directly about black women and their health issues. And I say this because black women, we came out and we vote in overwhelming numbers. We like I said, black women, we always you know, are voting Democratic, and we are the backbone backbone of the party. My issues with Bernie, especially he was at this conference with, like, what was like, She the Vote or yeah, something yeah. like that. And She uh, the People Forum. She, yeah, She the People Forum. And they he was asked a very direct and pointed question, and he, you know, pivoted to his talking points. Mm-hmm. And, he did. And, you know, he was like, and you heard a lot of moans and groans, but I was like, those are valid because those people vote. Those mm-hmm. people vote. Those people are in the communities. Those people are, you know, have nonprofits. Like, a lot of black women... And this is not a slight at black men, but a lot of black women, we are in politics. And even though a lot of people don't see us in politics, we are there. That's why Joe Biden has Simone Sanders in his camp. In his camp. That's why um, Nina Turner is with um, Bernie Sanders, because they know the value of black women. And for him to be at that forum, not be able to answer that question, and then Nina Turner to turn around and shame black people for, for calling him out and holding him accountable, I think that's an issue. He needs to come up. He needs, if he is so much better for black people he needs to know how to talk directly to black people mm-hmm. great point tiffany i'm not yeah, sure Ber- articulate Ho- hold on josh i'm not sure bernie is passing the woke litmus test either <laughs> because of what happened at she the people forum but i hear your points josh we do have to go on a quick break when we come back we're going to continue talking about this 2020 race and who's really talking to us and resonating with us because our vote matters this is let your voice be heard. I know that mean they traffic is slow. Somebody just got a purchase the law. So being tamed, I'd rather be well. This bandit, they want to be down. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We're talking about the 2020 Democratic Party. There are 20 Democrats running. And so far, y'all said he's sticking with Bernie. Bernie or Kamala. Or Kamala. Uh, Tiffany says she's voting for Elizabeth Warren. I know Alyssa said offline she's either going with Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. Still decided. Just FYI, I still have not made my decision yet. But I will say Joe Biden, honestly, I may vote for Joe Biden. Reason being, but hear me out. (laughs) Honestly, at this point, I am so exhausted with the Trump administration and politics. I am voting for who I think 
can win the whoever can win the White House in 2020. Now, right now, Biden's poll numbers show that he leads the field amongst black and Native American women, according to a poll that was reported by Vox. That is what it's saying. Biden is also the front runner. I mean, honestly, look. Bernie's the front runner. Let's get into that in a second because we're getting a lot of really good comments from Facebook Live that we want to get out there. So Greg Neesmith, what up, Greg? Um, Says, what about Andrew Yang and his proposal for universal basic income? Um, Do we have Mm -hmm. no love for Yang? So that's that's an interesting point. Um, Stanley, thank you, Stanley, says that he supports Elizabeth Warren. Um, He says, like I said, no one else has offered real policy. Um, And that I think he says he was someone I was looking at as well. I I think he may be talking about Andrew Yang. Um, But he says, I have a few friends who work on his campaign, but his immigration policies are wildly problematic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don L says there's no easy choice, which I think is very fair. And Stanley jumps back in to say Biden has literally done nothing to earn the black vote. Well, it's a, those are great points. So Alyssa, what would you say when it comes to just who earns our vote? Would you say at this point? I mean, I think that overlaps with the last kind of thing. I think that right now the person who's earning the black vote is the person who is going to propose policies that are going to have the best impact on, on voters of color. Um, and I know we're just talking about the va- the black vote, but obviously I, I do mean voters of color more largely, including the Hispanic vote and including Native American vote and other minorities, um, generally speaking. Uh, you know, But I, just for one second to go back to this conversation that we were having before about Biden uh, versus Bernie, um, like Hillary Clinton won the South because Mm -hmm. Bernie could not carry the South. But Bernie now understands that there's a big reason that's why he lost the South. And he thinks that he's putting himself in a better position to be able to win those voters um, by doing a better job of talking to black people. Whether or not he is or isn't doing a better job is up for debate, Mm -hmm. as sort of we touched upon when we talked about the She the People farm. On the other hand, Biden which you brought up and I think is an interesting point, like he literally, and Stanley also mentioned, has literally done nothing to earn their back vote, but yet people like him because he was connected with Barack Obama and that may mean that he has the ability to win black voters even despite not having the better policies. So I I think this time it's a real toss-up and it's going to go with, do do people want the person who has the best policies for black people or do people want the person who they think has the better best chance to beat Trump and is that person the same person? I don't know if it is. Hold on, Josh, because I know you want to chime in. Honestly, that's a great question. At this point, I'm like, I'm voting for who I think has the best chances. And I also think another thing that is conflicting our country is, do we want someone who has wonky policy proposals like Elizabeth Warren who keeps saying I have a plan I have a plan and she's like giving us all of this policy or are we looking for someone who's charismatic who you know knows how to speak to us and honestly I don't think Americans are smart enough to really understand <laughs> the minutiae to quote uh, Mayor Pete of, of policies and I think they're going to go to someone who speaks to them or even entertains them and honestly I think that's Joe Biden Josh I think people need to be considering who's going to give us the most access when they're in office because they all, you know, they all say these lofty proposals now, but then it's another thing when you're trying to get legislation passed through Congress. Mm-hmm. We need to know who is going, that's who should earn our vote, the person who's going to give us the most access while they're in office, who's going to be helping our black entrepreneurs, business people get the, the deals and resources that they need to, so that we can grow our own economic base as a people. That's what's going to help black people. 
Agreed to that. And I do want to switch gears because, you know, shout out to Stanley who's watching us via Facebook Live. On Thursday, he actually, he, he brought up a really good point on our pre-show call. He expressed frustration over the heavy media attention being paid to white male candidates in these early days of the Democratic primary. And now other people are saying that the polls are even misleading and it's creating a narrative that only a white man can defeat Trump, which is, you know, kind of counters what I've been saying myself. Uh, Tiffany, are white Democratic candidates getting too much attention <laughs> without necessarily having the credentials? Yes, and that, <laughs> that, that goes She's like, saying. what else is new? <laughs> and the sky is blue. Right. Um, because we know that they're getting most of the attention, but I think it was Clinton and Obama who had, like, won, like, overwhelmingly, like, the popular vote compared to any other president or potential president. So, they're definitely getting more attention. Like when it comes to like Mayor Pete, like everyone's they're, they're harping the fact that he's like he's a, he's a gay white man and um, no policy proposal. But no policy he proposal. He speaks like Perfect. five languages and right. he can do sign language. And he went to like Harvard. And on top of that, they were talking about how he raised all of this money once he announced. But Kamala Harris raised even more than him, and no one addressed that. So it's just like, of course, he's getting more coverage. I don't think a white man can only beat Trump, but. I also understand how society works <laughs> when it comes to like racism. Like people feel obviously c comfortable with seeing a white man in office, and you know they're gonna have to deal with those internal you know battles with themselves. But I don't think it's only a white man's gonna be able to beat Trump. I think it's gonna be a person who's willing to get down in the gutter. I know Mama Michelle Obama told us to go high, but you just can't go high with someone like Trump. So, and so you really think. A, a, a woman or a black woman could win the 2020 race and beat Trump. I don't think, you know, a black woman should be put in the position of president because they're just not going to respect her in no sort of way. I do think that um, Warren, she's going to have to get down and dirty. And not dirty the way, like, Trump is doing it, but I think, like, offering policies as much as I may love it or Stanley, whoever may love it, like, that's not going to get the people going. It's just not. It's not. You know, uh, uh, look, I agree. I will say, and we don't have time to really delve into it, I think sexism also plays a oh, yeah. large part yeah. of what's going on right now. And that goes back to the comments I made earlier. I think that Elizabeth Warren has really good policy proposals. Um, she, I think she's actually, she may not call herself a socialist, but her policy proposals are equally as far to the left as Bernie's are when it comes to dealing with income inequality. She's done more legislatively than Bernie has done. And I like Bernie, so I, I say that from a, a part of love for Bernie. I mean, like, literally, if you look at Bernie's record, He's like passed two bills naming a post office, and there's it's one other. Passed most amendments, and, though, and 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 a bunch of other things. Whereas Liz had a really big part to play in developing the Consumer Protection or Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is literally a group that helps to protect consumers. And there are plenty of people, and and poor people, um, many of whom are people of color and black people specifically. So, you know, I, I think that. When people are looking at Bernie versus Liz and people are giving Bernie so much more credit, that's also sexism speaking in some respects. Josh, quickly. Bernie is the only uh, white male that can win, that can beat Trump. And Kamala is the only other candidate who can beat Trump. That's what it boils down to. Nobody else stands why do, you, why do you think Kamala can beat Trump? I'm just curious. Because black people would be excited about coming out to vote for her and they would not be excited about coming out to vote for anybody else. You don't think they would be... 
Um, I think it would be halfway Bernie. excited about Bernie because okay. people just don't get it yet. I think a lot of black people are turned off by her record as a prosecutor. And I think you're seeing that from people on the left, like Justice Democrats. You see that on the Internet, on the memes, on the liberal, you know, bubble that we all live in. Amongst that's educated not, black people. That ain't the church folk, and, you know. Disparagingly. The, and the church folk are the ones who vote. Right. So black church folk, you said, would definitely come out and vote for Kamala. Oh, hell yeah. She's going to so, be an Abyssinian. <laughs> hell yeah, Abyssinian would be lit. <laughs> what? Okay, so, you know, thanks for breaking it down there, guys. We are going to uh, wrap it up. I want to get your final remarks about um, what candidate would actually be best for uh, for black voters. I know we touched on that. And what who is actually passing the woke litmus test? Because I feel like they're all definitely trying but maybe not all succeeding. Alyssa? I, I don't know if anybody's passing right now. I, I think they're trying, and I think that they could, should continue to try, and they should continue to propose things that will help, um, you know, p- vote, uh, black voters. Um, and, you know, I think that those proposals may very well help other people that are not black because a uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, uh, but I don't know if anybody's actually passing yet. And we also have to be careful because we want them to make these proposals, um, but we don't want it to just be pandering. Like, there has to be something there to back it up. It's not good enough to just pass the litmus test if all you're doing is pandering. Thank you. Final thoughts, Josh? Yeah, I think the same thing. Um, They're all pandering. Mm. Um, But I think people got to really look at, you know, who has the overall vision for the country and, and I mean, like, I love Liz and her ideas, but she's she's not trying to reform the capitalist structure that we live in. So for me, she that's where she loses me. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany? I don't know if everyone's pandering, but I would definitely say that I think people need to vote based off of the, indiv- the direct impact of their lives. And I feel like Liz is talking about that. If you're a black woman and you want to have a child or if you're receiving any sort of health care, I think that's a very real issue for us. And I think, you know... If she just kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say toughen up, but if the media wasn't so sexist and she was willing to get down and dirty with Trump, there's there's a shot there. So you definitely think it's a possibility. I'll say this um, just to end things off. It's a false belief to believe that the primacy of the white moderate voter is the most valuable voter in our country. Um, Time and time again, African-American voters and African-American women specifically have showed that we have been at the heart of the Democratic Party. And I will say it's very encouraging to see that so many candidates are at least trying. Some, yes, they are pandering, but at least they like for us to finally be acknowledged that is something that I feel like shows, like speaks to the progress that we're making, especially the fact that so many spoke at the She the Forum, She the People Forum. That's like the first and only forum for and by black women. And I think eight or nine of the candidates actually came. And, you know, mm-hmm. some of those candidates were booed, like Bernie Sanders. Others received mm-hmm. standing ovations, like Kamala Harris. So it just shows that they're paying attention to us. And that's why it's so important for us to continue paying attention to them. Read their policy proposals. Go beyond just the rhetoric and the hype and the viral videos. Make sure that we are supporting the candidate who is going to be supportive of us once they actually make it into that White House. And that's going to take diligence. That's going to take research. And it's going to take our part in being informed, educated, and empowered. 2020 is coming, guys, and we need to be ready. 
on that note, I just want to thank everyone for chiming in via Instagram Live. We see you. Thank you so much. Facebook Live, thank you for leaving those comments. And also, if you guys want to continue to support Let Your Voice Be Heard, please do so on our Patreon account. That's B, that's patreon.com slash be heard radio. Oh, check.